Exodus 12, the 21st verse to the 22nd. The Bible says this. Drain the blood. That's a great way to start Sunday morning. Into a basin. Then take a bundle of hyssop branches and dip it in the blood. Brush the hyssop across the top and sides of the door frames of your homes. And no one may go out through the door until morning. Verse 12, verse 23, sorry. It says, for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and on the side, two side posts, and the Lord will pass over the door and will not suffer the destroyer to come into your houses to smite you. With the help of the Holy Ghost on this Sunday morning, I want to preach from this thought, the blood. The blood. Anybody thankful for the blood? The blood. Why don't we close our eyes begin to pray today. God, we're thankful for this service. God, thank you for what you're doing in every person's life. God, I pray that you'd speak. Speak to our hearts. Speak to our minds. God, let's not leave the same way we came. But God, just speak into our lives today. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You can clap your hands one more time and be seated in the presence of the Lord. As well, I, I've never met him face to face, but uh, I know his brother very well in Ottawa, brother Nathaniel Hamilton. I believe his brother, brother O'Neill, was up here singing. I don't know, I can't see him right now, but it was well great to see him. Exodus 12, uh, verses 21 to 22, the blood. Everyone say the blood together the blood. The Bible with a uh, lack of a better term is a very bloody book. It's a bloody book. I know if we were to say that, it sounds a little weird to those maybe who may not know about the word of God, but it is. Uh, it's a very bloody book. And when we think about the blood and when it comes to the word of God, our minds or my mind specifically goes to Calvary. When Jesus Christ came and died for you and died for me. When he came and took our sins and put it on himself and died for us. It's the greatest love story ever told. That the hero would die for the villain. That the creator would become creation and die for the creature. It's an amazing story to wrap our minds across. The fact that a God like him would love mankind as, as messed up and as sinful as we are. Uh, he came and shed blood on a cross for me and you. Whenever I share the gospel with people and when we get to the point of the blood, the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, when we get to the point of the cross, it's one of the most powerful points when someone understands that, that I deserved to be on that cross and, and my sins deserve to put me on that cross. But thanks be to God that while we were yet still sinners, uh, uh, Christ died for us. It's a story that cannot lose its power. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter if you are young. I know this is a youth Sunday. Can I tell you this morning that the story of the blood should never be a story to be packed in the back story. But without the blood of Jesus, there, there would be no reason for us to be here this morning. 
It's the blood that allows repentance to take place. It's, it's the blood that allows faith to take place. It, it's the blood that allows baptism to take place. And it's the blood that allows us to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Without the shedding of the blood, Hebrews would tell us, there is no forgiveness of sins. However, though, when we look throughout the word of God, there's typologies of the blood from the very beginning. When Adam and Eve in the first book of the Bible fall into sin and make a disobedience towards God, the Bible says that they realized that they were without garment. They were naked. And so the Bible says that God, he takes a skin off an animal and he covers Adam and Eve. Can, can I tell you this morning that in order for God to have done that in the book of Genesis, uh, there was some blood that was shed. Yeah, for him to take that skin and rip it off that animal to cover Adam and Eve, blood was shed in the first book of Genesis. Can I tell you that the blood was able to cover Adam and Eve in a place that they should have been exposed Aren't you thankful that the blood of Jesus can cover you in places that you should have been exposed? There's, there's some things in our lives and some skeletons in our closet that if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, can I tell you, the blood covers us in, in places we should have been exposed. And in fact, whether you grew up in church your whole life or, or you're new to this church thing, can I tell you, it doesn't matter. We've all got some things that if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, we'd be exposed we'd be left out to die but thanks be to God that his blood covers us in places that we should have been exposed we find later on in the Bible uh, there's a man named Abraham who God commands him to sacrifice his son because again there needed to be a sacrifice. There needed to be blood that was shed and so as God has commanded Abraham he says Isaac will be the sacrifice. It's found in Genesis 22 but before he sacrifices his son the Bible says God provides him a ram. He provides him a sacrifice to replace Isaac. Isaac and, and and the reality of it is in the story as brutal as it may sound uh, Abraham and Isaac both deserved to die but thank God that God had another plan in his mind and and the blood was able to take Abraham out of a situation that his humanity would have got him into can, can I talk to someone this morning to tell you that it doesn't matter what you've got yourself into it doesn't matter if you've gotten yourself into an addiction it doesn't matter if you've messed up your own life based on your own bad decisions can I tell you what's so powerful about the blood of Jesus is it can pull you out of things that you got yourself into it doesn't matter if it's a drug addiction it doesn't matter if it's addiction to alcohol or pornography or perversion can I tell you that the blood of Jesus can pull you out of things that you got yourself into the blood of Jesus can I tell you this morning that I have not come to preach a history lesson on what the blood of Jesus or the typologies of the blood throughout the word of God we'd be here all day and I wouldn't want that for you or me 
Confessions time, confession time. But, 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 but can I tell you this morning, can I tell you that the blood is not a historical lesson. The blood is not a history book. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost this morning. But the blood is a textbook of what happens today. I know we're living in a world today where people are preaching all types of things and I'm not here to bash anybody here this morning, but, but, but there are people, if you follow them online, there's different types of methods people talk about all the time. People talk about sociology and, and positive thinking. Now, again, I'm not against any of those things. Uh, five steps to your best life now and, and how, to get your, your, how to get your new car and how to do this and how to do that and everything's going to be all right. And, and while that, again, I'm not here to bash those things uh, can I tell you this morning uh, that we cannot lose the essentiality uh, of the blood of Jesus because uh, here's the reality of the situation uh, have you ever been in a circumstance uh, that you felt like you lost your mind uh, have you ever been in a place where you felt like all oh, hell had broken loose and it felt like the sins was too great uh, I don't know about you but but positive thinking could not take me out of my sins and and your best life now could not make my mind well, huh? but I'm still thankful that the blood didn't just work in the Old Testament and the blood didn't just work in the New Testament, but I'm so thankful that the blood of Jesus, it still has the power to break every shackle. I'm so thankful that the blood of Jesus can still heal your mind. I know it's Youth Sunday, but, but there's an old song that would say, Well, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount that I know. Nothing but the blood. The blood of Jesus. The blood works. This is not just something I preach about. Can I tell you? I've seen God do some powerful things in people's lives. And I know there are many here who can testify of what God has done in your life. But I remember a month ago, I was in a hotel room and I was having some issues with my charger. I had some problems with my charger. And, uh, and so I went down to the lobby and I said, hey, would you guys have, uh, I'm having issues with my charger, could, could you help me out? I said, you guys have a spare by chance here? I was working my luck and, uh, and uh, I can convince people to do things sometimes. I'm in my secular career, I'm in tech sales, so I do this, I said, you know what, we'll make this work, we'll make this work. And the guy, to my surprise, said, I have the spare one right here. And he said, you know what, I'll come to your room to set it up. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I was a little, I'm like, come to my room. I'm like, I just need, the, but I was like, you know what, sure. I said, yeah, sure, you come to my room. And he, he came upstairs to my room, and he, he said he, he fixed the situation. There was a problem there in the room, and he fixed it. And then I, he said to me, he said, what are you here for? I said, well, I'm here for a church conference. I said, I'm a preacher. He looked at me, and he said, oh, wow. Then I saw on his, on his, on his arm, he had a wristband that would identify him with the Sikh faith, seek religion. And so I looked at him. I said, hey, I asked him, I said, well, what does that mean? And he said, well, I'm a Sikh. I said, oh, wow. I said, you go to the temple to pray all the time? He said, yes, I'm a, a practicing Sikh member. I said, wow, that's, that, that's cool. I said, hey, I, and it just came out of me. I said, hey, I said, would you mind if I prayed with you in this room right now? 
He looked at me and he said, sure. I, I, said, I said, do you believe in Jesus? He said, yes, I believe in Jesus. He said, I believe in many gods. He said, and Jesus is one of those gods. I said, oh, okay. I, I, said, I said, but let's pray together. I said, what do you need from Jesus today? He said, well, he said, I need a financial miracle. I said, you know what? I said, let's pray together for a financial miracle. And I said, Jesus can do that for you right now. I was being clear on which God I was talking about. So he looked back at me. We kept talking and talking and talking. We prayed together in that room, and the presence of God came in that room. He looked at me with amazement after the prayer, and I said, in Jesus' name, and I, I didn't say may God bless you. I said, may Jesus bless you. He looked back at me. He said uh, he was, had amazement on his face. I said, what's wrong? He said, he said look, look at my arms. He was pointing to his arms on his body. I said, what? He said, I feel goosebumps uh, all over my arms. He, he's looking at his arm. He said, he said, look at my face. Do you see my face? He said, I feel goosebumps uh, all over my face. Here's what he got on to say. He said, it's like Jesus uh, has come inside uh, this room. He said, I, I can feel his presence uh, all across this room. Uh, can I tell you, that was someone who does not even know about the Jesus that we serve. But can I tell you, the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost uh, by the blood of Jesus. Uh, when it comes down in people's lives, they begin to recognize something happened. I looked at him. I said, well, that's Jesus. He said, I need to tell you something that I haven't told anybody. I said, what? He said, 20 days ago. He said, I came in this room. He said, and someone forgot their Bible in this room, in this hotel room. He said, I've never read the Bible a day in my life. He said, but when I picked up the Bible that day, he said, a light. Here's what he said to me. He said, a light came through the window and it shone through the window. He said, and I lost my sight for a couple of minutes he said I didn't tell anybody the story because I thought people would think I'm crazy he said but I believe that you'll believe what I'm saying he said so 20 days ago I have that experience 20 days later I meet someone who's preaching Jesus he said you know what maybe Jesus is trying to get my attention can I tell you the God we serve the power we're talking about it's not just a story it's real life it changes people's lives. I took down his phone number. I'm still in touch with him. And I'm believing that he'll get baptized in Jesus' name at that local church. And, and he'll receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. The blood. The blood. It's not just a story. But It works. And God is moving behind the scenes on people's lives more than we realize. It doesn't matter which faith they're currently in. Can I tell you, the blood supersedes all that. And it reaches down to where they're at. In my text today, as I prepare to get into the main part of it, God is commanding his children. The Israelites, he finds a man by the name of Moses. And, and he tells Moses... To go to Pharaoh with an amazing mission. He says, go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. And if you know the story, well, Pharaoh looks at him and says, no. Moses is very insecure about his speech problem. And I say sometimes as young people, we can 
define ourselves by our insecurities. But can I tell you this morning that, that God can use you in spite of your insecurities. Sometimes we disqualify God from doing what he wants to do in our lives because of a deficiency that we have. But can I tell you that God never asks anybody to have it all together anyways. In fact, no one is perfect in their humanity. We've all got deficiencies. But sometimes as young men and women of God, it's easy to disqualify yourselves based on your insecurities. But all throughout the word of God, we find God using people in spite of their deficiencies. In fact, the reason why he does that is because uh, if you were all together, then you'd get the credit for what God does. But God uses us in spite of our weaknesses to show the world that it's about him and not us. And so he takes Moses and he sends him on a mission to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And, and after Pharaoh says no, God makes a promise that he'll send ten plagues on the nation of Egypt. Ten plagues. And, and by the time we get to this text today... This is the final plague of, on, on the land of Egypt. It's interesting because in earlier, in just a few chapters before, God tells Moses to, to go and, and, and make a sacrifice to him. And, and so Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, please let us go on a journey so that we can go and sacrifice and worship our God. But the Bible says that Pharaoh says, that's not how this is going to work. He says, you're going to worship your God right here. And Moses looks back at him and says, Pharaoh, we can't do that. How can we sing righteous songs? Later on in the Bible would say, in a foreign land. We, we, we can't do, we can't worship and sacrifice to our God here. Because you worship all these other gods. And, and we're here to worship the one true God. So, so there has to be a difference or a distinction between the sacred and the profane. Then later on, uh, Moses and Pharaoh talk again and Pharaoh says, you know what, you, you can go. But he says, leave the children. He says, you, you can go but leave the children here because you can go and worship your God but, but we don't want the next generation to do so. Can I tell you, the enemy is always in the business of trying to stifle the next generation. It's why we have a generation today that is plagued with pandemics of mental illness and plagued with pandemics of people as young as 12, 11 years old. Sometimes young people come in our youth group and I find out that they started watching pornography as a young age of 9, 10 years old. It's, it's amazing. It's scary. The culture we're now living in. I have a younger brother who's in high school and he tells me about people in their school that, that come in the school and, and one day they identify with one gender and the next day they're another gender and, and, and this is the type of culture we're living in today. It's a culture of confusion. It's a culture that wants to confuse the youth. You know why? Because the enemy knows if you can confuse the youth, then you can stifle the next flow of the kingdom. But, but can I tell you this morning that it doesn't matter how, how wicked our culture might look. It doesn't matter how perverted our world might look. Can I tell you where iniquity grows, the grace grows even further. And can I tell you that the greater the affliction of our day, the more God anoints to combat the enemy. 
But anyways, when we get to the tenth plague, what I find interesting about the text is, is, is God tells Moses, he says, go and tell all the children of Israel to sacrifice a lamb and you'll take the blood from the animal and you'll put it on your doorpost. Now, here's what I find so interesting about the text. In the previous chapters, when Moses wanted to do a sacrifice or a worship to God, it mattered which location it took place in. They had to leave Egypt to do the sacrifice. But when it came to the blood and it came to this final plague, it didn't matter where the sacrifice took place. They didn't have to leave the pagan nation of Egypt for the blood to work. He said, no, you can sacrifice the animal right there in Egypt. And right there it will work. It lets me know that the blood is not affected by location. The blood is not restricted by the atmosphere that it's in. But right there in Egypt, the blood can be as just as powerful in Egypt as it could be if they were in a righteous land. Can, can I tell you this morning that the blood of Jesus is not affected by the atmosphere that you're currently in right now. Can I tell you the blood of Jesus is sometimes people have a mindset that in order for me to meet God, I've got to clean myself up and have it all together. And then when I have it all together, then God will be able to touch me. Can I tell you this morning that that's not the God we serve. There's no prerequisites when it comes to the blood of Jesus it doesn't matter which label you have on your life it doesn't matter what secret sin you're in what I love so much about the blood of Jesus is it can reach down right down to where you are it can reach down it doesn't matter how messy you find yourself in the blood of Jesus it reaches right down it can reach down in your mental illness the blood of Jesus it can reach down into your messy family the blood of Jesus The biggest lie I find with people before they make a commitment to go in the waters of baptism is they say, I'm scared. I've heard many people tell me this. I'm scared to get baptized because maybe if I get baptized, then, then my life will be all... Uh, I'll be able to make more mistakes after. And I say, listen, they say, you don't understand the mess I find myself in. You, you don't understand how messed up I'm in. And I always have to remind them, listen... It doesn't matter how messed up you are. The blood is greater than all our messed ups. Let me talk to a young person and tell you here today or anybody. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life right now. Can I tell you that the blood still has the power to forgive us of everything that we have done in our world. If you could put up that first picture I put up there. and We'll get back to the text in just a moment. But I... This is my friend, his name is Alex. I'll walk you through this story for just a moment. Um, about several years ago, I, I was uh, in my advanced functions math class in my senior year of high school. Uh, don't ask me how it went. Just know I passed, praise God. It's difficult for me because especially uh, my parents are immigrants from Tanzania. My father is like a mathematical genius. And so it makes it even, I'm more of a failure. The genes did not pass on. Skip the generation, amen. But the blood of Jesus, amen. But, but I remember as I was working, I, 
I received a message from my friend. His name was Antonio. I didn't send his picture up there, but, but I'll tell you about Antonio for the next few moments. Antonio was a very talented um, soccer player. He actually right now plays for a professional soccer team in, in Ontario. And, but he called me. I'll never forget it. This is several years ago. He said, Imani, he said, I, I am going, here's what he said to me. He said, I am going to commit suicide. He said, I've called my, my father, my mother, my brother, and my sister, and I've told them exactly what I'm about to tell you. I'm going to take my own life. See, this is the world we live in. They say suicide is actually the second leading cause of death of young people aged 10 to 24. The second leading cause of death is suicide. So many people struggle with this, believing the lie that it would just be easier if I never existed and no one would even care if I was gone anyways. Why don't we just close our eyes before we keep going with the story? I just want to, let's just pray for, for a moment. I feel the Holy Ghost in this place and maybe there's someone here. Listen, maybe there's, some, just feel a pause right now. Maybe there's someone here right now, maybe a younger person, maybe an adult, I don't know. But maybe you find yourself in a similar circumstance. Maybe the lies, maybe life has been so brutal and you've told yourself, I, maybe it'd just be better if I wasn't around. I came to tell you that's a lie. That is a lie. I came to speak the peace and the love of Jesus Christ over your mind. It doesn't matter how low life has gotten. It is never too low that God can't come down and reach out. Listen, sometimes you can even be living for God and battling with thoughts like that I, I've come to rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus Christ there's still a future there's still a life it doesn't matter how bad life has been it doesn't matter how hurt you feel on the inside can I tell you that the answer is still Jesus can I tell you that you can still get back in his presence today and one moment in his presence can still make the difference God, touch, touch some minds right now. Hallelujah. Something's happening in the Holy Ghost right now. Someone's mind right now in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so he, see, this is not just something that I have a good church service about. It's something I really believe. And so he said, Amani, he said, I remember you said that you, you, I've seen this change that's happened in your life. I'm a long time against the story. But I, a transformation had occurred in my life when I really started living for the Lord. And he said to me, he said, he said, Listen to me, he said, I'm giving you about a few minutes. He said, if you have anything to tell me about your Jesus, go ahead. So on the phone, we began to pray together. He was crying. He was never a crier, but he was crying on this phone call. And we prayed together, and the peace of God came on that phone call. Thanks be to God. And anyways, he came back home and drove four hours. He was four hours out of the city with the soccer team, always traveling. And he came back home and... We begin to read the word of God together and 
he learned about receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost with, with the initial sign of speaking in other tongues. And, and Antonio, he looked at me, he's, one moment, it was a, he'd been seeking the Holy Ghost a few times, but he said, listen, he said, he said, I've got, here's what he said, I've got too many demons in my life for God to do something in my life. He said, I, he said, maybe this Jesus works for you, he said, but he can't work for me. He said, I've got too much mess and junk in my life. He said, I'm sorry, this won't work for me. We stopped talking for a bit, and I would reach out, but we stopped talking for just a little while, and a few weeks later, we, we happen, I happened to be in a city for a, a, a conference that I was attending, and, and I, I brought on 20, I'll never forget it, to the, that conference, and, and the preacher just so happened to be preaching a sermon titled, It's Been Too Long, and as he was preaching that sermon, uh, in the middle of it, he said, there's a strong spirit of suicide that's in this place right now. He said, but God's about to set you free tonight. I'll never forget, I brought Antonio to the front of that altar call. We began to pray together. And God filled him with the gift of the Holy Ghost. And he began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave him the utterance. He looked back at me. I said, how do you feel? He says, I've never felt so much joy in my life. I've never felt so much peace in my life. He was walking around with a frown all the time, but now a smile had illuminated his face. He said, this is greater than anything I've experienced. And so that's how we get to Alex, because Alex at the time was his teammate. And so Antonio went back to practice the next week, and uh, Alex was his close friend, and and and. Antonio comes in smiling and all happy. And so Alex is like, what is going on? He goes, Antonio, what is wrong with you? Like, last week you were in a mess and you're all smiling. Antonio goes, it's the Holy Ghost, bro. Alex goes, the Holy what? Holy Ghost, like Holy Ghost. Alex like, okay, he's lost his mind. Well, whatever, I'm happy my friend's okay, but he's lost his mind. So Alex said, whatever, that's good for you, um, that, that's good. And so Alex, though, he had an intrigueness about God, and so he reached out to me and Antonio, and we began to do Bible studies together, and, and he learned a bit about the Word of God. He said, you know what, that's, that's nothing for me. Uh, sorry, he said, that, that's, he said, this is not for me. You know, it might work for you, but it's not for me. It's just not a thing I need in my life. But a few years later, when COVID-19 hit, I'll never forget I received a phone call uh, from a number in Virginia on my birthday, July 19th, just in case you wanted to know. <laughs> but I received a phone call on my birthday from Virginia. I said, I don't recognize this number. So I said, hello. He said, Amani, this is Alex. He said, I'm now playing Division I soccer in Virginia. He said, I, do you remember several years ago when we used to do Bible studies together? I said, of course I remember. He said, uh, I want to tell you something. He said, since COVID has begun, he said, I, begin, we, I lost being able, the ability to be able to play soccer. It's canceled everything. He said, I've kind of lost a bit of my identity. He said, he said if you wouldn't mind, could, could we learn about God again? He said, because here's what's been happening. He said, a Jehovah Witness lady, here's what he said to me, calls me every single Sunday, and, and she talks to me about God. He said, it's intriguing my faith about God. He said, could we do Bible studies together? I said, we can do Bible studies together. So me and Alex will begin to do Bible studies together. And one week in, in August, after a few months doing it together, he said, you know what, Amani, I, I need you to find me a church here in Virginia, in Harrisonburg, Virginia, because I want to get 
baptized in Jesus' name. He went and got baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. A few months later, he received the gift of the Holy Ghost over Zoom with the initial sign of speaking in other tongues. Can I tell you that his life has never been the same? He's gone on now in the past three years. He's brought 12 people in water baptisms and Holy Ghost and fillings. He's lost two campus ministries. He's preaching the gospel everywhere he goes. Can I tell you that the blood of Jesus is still reaching down. It's still changing people's lives. It still has the power. The blood. The blood. And so back to my stacks here today. God gives a commandment to the Israelites. And he says, take the blood, put it on the doorposts. But it's very interesting what he says. He tells them to put it on their doorposts, to get in the house. And then he says, and stay in the house. Can I tell you, while the blood works anywhere, it works best when you're in the house. The blood can work anywhere. But once you put it on, get in the house and stay in the house. And the house in the New Testament, being born again of the water and the spirit. But can I tell you, as I said, the blood, it can work in other people's lives. But, but can I tell you? That when you put your faith in the gospel and you repent of your sins, get baptized in Jesus' name and receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, the blood gets fully applied to your life. And, and can I tell you that while it can work if you walk out, it, it, it's best when you stay in the house. The, the problem sometimes we have in our culture is we've got a generation that wants the benefits of the blood but not the boundaries of the blood. I want Jesus to heal me, but I don't want Jesus to take out the perversion that's in my heart. <laughs> I want Jesus to set me free, but, but I don't want to make sure that the same blood that delivered me gives me the guidelines to discipline me. <laughs> While the blood works anywhere, it is best when it works in the house. And so they give the commandment to stay in the house. And, 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 but it's so interesting about this text. If you put up verse 22 so we can look at it together here in, in the story here. What I love so much about the, this verse is God doesn't give many stipulations with this thing. He says you put the blood on the, on the two doorposts of the house. And in verse 23, it says God's going to pass through the land. And he'll smite the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood, he'll pass over the door. Now what I love so much about this text was the plague was on the land of Egypt. But notice, he never said when the blood is on the Israelites' door, he'll pass over. It didn't matter who was behind the door. All that mattered was that there was blood on the doorpost. Can I tell you that I'm thankful that the blood doesn't have prejudice or discrimination in it. It doesn't matter about your nationality. 
it doesn't matter to God. All that matters is the blood of Jesus. And when he sees the blood, it passes over. Can I tell you this morning, sometimes I hear people say things like this. And let me go to where some of us may be living. I hear people say things like this. They look at their family genealogy tree and they say, listen, my father was an alcoholic and my grandfather was an alcoholic. And they say, the odds are that I will also struggle with alcohol too because it's in my DNA. Can I tell you this morning that you know what? There's actually some truth to that. But what I love so much about the blood of Jesus is it doesn't matter about your DNA stream. When you're born again, when the blood is applied, it doesn't matter what previous generations do because those in Christ can become new creations and all things pass away and all things become new. Sometimes I hear people say things like, my father died of cancer and my grandfather died of cancer. I also will be susceptible to cancer. Can I tell you, you might be right, but when you're under the blood, the Bible says, by his stripes. It doesn't matter what the doctor says. What I love so much about the blood is it can defy scientific facts. And the blood of Jesus, while it might live in your bloodstream, it still has the power over it all. The blood doesn't care about which family you grew up in, but it makes all things new. The music can come back and we can begin to stand. blood I don't know who which circumstance you might find yourself in this morning I don't know if you might find yourself in a holding pattern sometimes as a young person it's easy to find yourself in a holding pattern where it feels like she's just repeating the same old cycle over and over again I don't know what you might be dealing with in your mind or dealing with in your body. Can I tell you though this morning that the blood, it still works. It still can change impossibilities and make them into possibilities. The blood. The blood can still redeem a past life of sin or present life of constant mistakes and iniquity. The blood, when it comes down, still can wash everything away. If you can put that second and last picture here today, then we're going to begin to pray in this altar call. I wasn't planning to share these stories, but as I was here, I just felt to share them. There's a Alex, one of the people that he was witnessing to the Lord, one of them's name was Jacqueline, and I'll tell you about Jacqueline's story today because it was a very impactful story when I heard about it. Jacqueline, several years ago, she made up her mind that she was, she, she didn't grow up in church, she grew up in a Catholic family. And, and, and several years ago, you know, she was partying and doing drugs and doing things that the people of this world glorify all the time. And, and Jacqueline made up her mind one day, several years ago, that she was going to kill herself. 
this is more prominent than sometimes we talk about, but it is a pandemic in this, in this culture. So her mom went to the grocery store and said, Jacqueline, would you want to come to the grocery store with me today? And she looked back and said, no, mom, I, I won't go today. Her mom didn't find that weird at all. But what her mom did not know was that Jacqueline was going to take some pills and she was going to end her life that day. So her mom went to the grocery store. She took off the pills. She took them and she passed out on her bed. Her mom just so happened to forget something at home. And so she stopped her grocery shopping, went back home. And when she went back home, she found her daughter passed out on the bed. So as any mother would do, she called, picked up the phone and called 911. And the medic, they came in and they were able to help her in the ambulance. And here's what the medic said to her mom. She said, ma'am, I don't know what you forgot at home today from the grocery store. But your daughter was seven minutes away from losing her life today. He said, if you had not forgotten what you had forgotten, your daughter would have died. Can I tell you that God's moving in people's lives in sovereignty ways, even before they come in this house, in this church. Can I tell you he's moving and he's still sovereign and he's still, he's, in fact, I know there are people here who can look back on your life even before you found him and you find yourself when you were doing your own thing, uh, that there's things that should have taken you out, but, but somehow by God's mercy and his grace, he's, his sovereignty sustains you before you even knew him. And so several years later now, Jacqueline heard about Alex's conversion story of coming to Jesus. So she said, Alex, I have been going to a, a, a seer, a witch doctor, every single week. She gives me a fortune tell. She's a fortune teller. And she gives me messages. Let me also inject this. We also have a culture that is obsessed with the supernatural. People are into crystals and praying. I've heard crazy things. People say they're atheists, but they've got crystals in their homes and say that they're meeting their angels. You know why? There's a generation that is hungry for the supernatural. They just need the right supernatural to encounter them. So she was going to fortune teller every week, every week. And the week that she reached out to Alex, here's what she said to Alex. Now, I want to say this with a disclaimer. I am not promoting fortune tellers at all. I'll tell you that even in the gates of hell, if we really believe what this book says, it says the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So even in the devil's home court, our God still has the supreme power and authority over every demonic influence. The lady looked back at him. She said, I don't have a fortune tell. I don't have another message for you today. She said, you need to go try out Jesus. When I heard the story, I was boggled to my mind. And so when she reached out to Alex, hungry for God, she said, Alex, I've lived a life of just mess. I'm looking for some hope. I'm looking for some answers. This is the world we live in. People are starving for what we have in here. And uh, so long story short, Alex one day called me in the middle of around 11.30 at night and I looked at my phone and I, if I'm honest, I was not going to answer it. But for some reason, I picked it up. I said, hello. He said, Amani, he said, how do you pray someone through to the gift of the Holy Ghost? So I was about to go to bed, so I, but I'm like, you know what? 
I said, Alex, I explained to him. I said, you walk him through repentance and you pray a prayer of faith. He said, okay. I said, that's it. He said, that's it. Thank you. Called me just a few moments later. And that's the picture I, I got to join on on. Alex was at his home. Jacqueline was at her home. Different spots. Alex was in the States playing soccer. Jacqueline's in Toronto. And over a FaceTime call, what you see there... I joined the FaceTime and Alex says, Jacqueline, can you tell Amani what just happened to you? She said, Amani, I just received the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Jacqueline, a few years later now, she's gotten baptized in Jesus' name. She's brought friends to church and some of her friends got baptized and have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you what we preach about here? It still is the answer. It still has the power. It still has all authority. So today in this altar call, I open up this altar. I'm going to open up for us to come to the front. We're going to begin to pray in this altar call. I'm going to be specific in this. If you need a miracle from God, you say, I need a miracle from God. I want you to step up front here today at this altar call. We're going to begin to believe God together for a miracle. I don't care if it's a physical healing. I don't care if it's a mental or emotional healing. I'm going to invite us to come to the front of this church. Let's come up to the front of this altar and we're going to begin to pray together here. And God is going to move in this altar call here for everybody. We're going to begin to pray and we're going to believe God together. It doesn't matter how long it's been. It doesn't matter how, maybe it's a family member that's struggling with something. Maybe it's yourself. You need something to happen today for you. We're going to come to this altar today. And we're going to believe God together. Let's just begin to pray even before we give more direction. Let's just pray in this altar call right now. Let's just pray right now. Come on. Let's just begin to lift up our voices together. Let's just get the atmosphere just right. There's faith in this altar call right now. To believe that God can do absolutely anything. If you're a young person dealing with condemnation today, it's time to let it go today and say, God, I want to believe that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Let's do this together in this altar call. Let's pray a prayer of repentance. Everyone in this altar, let's, we're going to pray a prayer of repentance and then we're going to pray a prayer of faith. And I believe there's going to be a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost in this morning service and I believe someone's going to receive a call of God in their lives. and I believe others are going to receive your healing that you've been dealing with for a long time. I believe others are going to receive breakings of shackles and chains on your life. It doesn't matter where you're at. The blood still works. Let's repent. Repentance is just asking. Let's close our eyes. Let's just ask God to forgive us. Repentance is just saying, God, I'm sorry for my mistakes. And I'm sorry for my feelings. Let's, let's begin to pray together right here, right now in this altar call. Everybody's going to repent. I'm going to repent. We're, we're going to ask God to forgive us right now of anything in our lives that does not resemble him. 
let's ask God to forgive us right now on this altar call God I ask you to forgive me forgive me God for anything in my life that does not resemble you come on let's lift up our voices together when we begin to repent and decrease ourselves it allows the Holy Ghost to increase when we decrease our flesh let's just begin to pray for the next few moments and ask God to forgive us God I need you to forgive me God for everything in my heart God that's not like you God cleanse my heart hallelujah Lord forgive me there are people at the sound of my voice that you're not struggling to believe that God can forgive you but you're struggling to believe you don't believe that you can forgive yourself let me talk to someone and tell you the Bible says if we confess our sins to him he is faithful and just to forgive us God forgive me I don't want a just good religious service God God wash me God forgive me for my thoughts God if I got unforgiveness in my heart God if I got bitterness God forgive me okay here's what we're going to do now let's all lift up our hands in the salt the call let's lift up our hands together in unison just believing God can do anything let's lift up our hands I'm just going to pray the prayer of faith in this place for miracles to fall in this place. If you need a miracle in your body, you need a deliverance from addiction, you need to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let's lift up our hands together. And at the end, let's, we're going to shout together hallelujah together this altar call. And when we shout hallelujah today, I'm believing there's going to be a demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost in this altar call. By the authority of the Word of God and by the power that's in your name God I come against every disease every sickness God I come against every addiction to drugs and alcohol and pornography God I come against cancers and tumors diabetes heart conditions God I pray you'd fill people with the Holy Ghost in this altar today in the name of Jesus let's shout hallelujah hallelujah let's begin to worship right now let's begin to sing together Savior. 